Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I begin this morning, I want to invite you into an experience that I think everyone has had almost every single day of their lives. And it's one of the more personal experiences that you might have in life. Uh, interestingly, it's something that anyone can do at any time, at any place, and anywhere. However, depending on all of those circumstances, if you're seeing them or you're the person doing it, people may look at you and be wondering what is going on. Uh, this experience is something that you may do in public. But at the same time, it's also something that is often done in the privacy of our homes, and more specifically, in the privacy of our bathrooms. It's something that I imagine all of us do every single morning when we wake up. And personally, I'm not even sure if it's something that we do consciously. I think it's kind of just something that just happens when you wake up in the morning. You get out of bed, Maybe you put your slippers on, you yawn, you stretch, and you make your way to the bathroom, and you open the door, and right in front of you there is the mirror. Ah, yeah, there we go. Some of you were a little confused about where I was going. Rest assured, I was talking about your mirror, okay? You look in the mirror, and looking in the mirror is something that just happens, right? You open up that door, and that's kind of what you do. And more often than not, I really do think that we're not actually considering every single time we look in the mirror. But if there is one, we look right into it. And I mean, in the bathroom, that's kind of what we do, right? Generally speaking, people go to the bathroom to look at themselves or something like that. Now, usually, uh, I describe my looking in the mirror experience as kind of in one of, two, one of three ways. I whittled it down to kind of three different perspectives I might have when I look at myself in the mirror. The first one, of course, is I look pretty good. Now, usually with that perspective, I am actually already convinced that I look it, and so the mirror is just telling me what I want to hear, right? The second perspective, then, when I look in the mirror is, oh, man, the dryer must have shrunk this shirt again. <laughs> and then, of course, I end up having to go and change, right? And the third perspective, then, is actually one uh, that came to mind because of a trend that's happened a few years ago. Uh, as people were altering their photos with all different kinds of filters and things of that nature, uh, a trend started that was called, I woke up like this. Uh, even a song was written about it. And uh, that is essentially that waking up in the morning and you look at yourself first thing, that's the I woke up like this look. And depending on what the night was like before or how you're feeling, it could either be a really good look or not so good. And here's one thing I can guarantee about that look. You'll never see either of your pastors that way because we care too much about what our hair looks like. And I promise it doesn't look like this when I wake up. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, when looking in the mirror, there are plenty of times that we do it almost unconsciously. It's kind of just something that we do, and we're not really in deep thought about that experience. However, I can't help but notice that there are also times in our lives when we look in the mirror and perhaps we're looking for more than what we actually see. Uh, we are not looking in the mirror and worried about our blemishes or uh, what we're wearing or what our hair looks like, but instead we're maybe asking some deeper questions. Uh, maybe we're looking in the mirror and reflecting on some decisions that we made in the past or uh, perhaps decisions that we have lying ahead of us. Uh, maybe when we look in the mirror, we're, we're trying to convince ourselves that we are not all that we see, that there's more to us than meets the eye. Maybe then, even sometimes when we look in the mirror, we find ourselves asking a, a deeper question. When you look at yourself in the mirror, uh, maybe you find yourself asking the question, who am I? 
And uh, whether or not you've had that experience before, this morning I want you to think about that image, uh, this thing that we do, looking at ourselves in the mirror. And I want you to remember this. Now, when you see yourself in the mirror, Jesus invites you to see your life transformed. Now, I imagine that you've probably never looked in the mirror and had uh, or thought about it as an, a spiritual experience, but I can't help but see that that's what James does this morning in our second reading. He invites us to see looking in the mirror in a spiritual sort of way. He says this, be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they are like. See, I think this is James's way of saying to Christians back then, the people that he was writing to, this, this large group of Christians spread out all around the world, that they were willing to talk the talk, but not walk the walk. That basically, Christians were maybe gathering together every once in a while. They, they had seen what Jesus had done in their lives. They'd heard the stories. They believed in his transformational power. But in the context of what that looked like every single day, of how they acted upon that, well, that wasn't so clear. That even though they'd seen all these things that Jesus had done, they weren't living in a way that looked like Jesus had actually changed their lives. It was essentially, as James said, it was as if they looked in the mirror and after walking away, just moments after walking away, they no longer knew who they were and they perhaps didn't even know what they believed. They instead allowed the world to impact the way in which they lived, everything that they did and perhaps even the things that they said. You wouldn't even know that they were Christian at all. See, and as I was thinking about this image and this idea, I was reminded of something Pastor Mark said in a sermon a few weeks ago, a quote uh, from, from Mahatma Gandhi when talking about the Christian church. He said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And that sounds just like what James is kind of pointing us towards, that uh, the Christians are not much like their Christ. At least that's the Christians that James was talking about. But that's not us, right? I mean, we've learned from those Christians. We put others before ourselves. We care for those who are in need. We think before we speak. We turn the other cheek. We pray for our enemies. And I mean, and we do these things all the time, right? That's what Christians today do. James was writing to those people back then, but not for us today. We've learned. We know better. We live like Christians? Maybe not. Perhaps that's not always how we do things, and it would seem then that James's words are just as poignant for us today as they were for the people back then, for those same Christians. And the thing is, it's not that we always fail to live out the way that Jesus has called us. Uh, we certainly do well from time to time, and of course there's always room for improvement. But uh, I think the reality is that so often we just have moment of lapses. We forget who we are in Christ and what Christ has called us to do. And I think uh, this doesn't happen in, in big ways all the time. It's usually in just the smallest of ways that we forget. And then people would have no idea. Uh, for example, if you leave church on a Sunday or perhaps any time that you leave church, you turn on to New Hampshire and someone cuts you off. Forgiveness goes out the window along with some other choice words you may not needed to say. 
right? I mean, and think about perhaps when you're invited to step into a new opportunity, whether at church or anywhere else in your life. An opportunity to serve, maybe taking on a little bit more than you'd like. And sure, you say no once, but then you do it again and again and again and again, and then it just kind of builds up, right? And, and don't get me wrong, I know that this isn't an easy thing to do. It's not easy to always step up and always say yes, and I think then eventually we forget that in those moments when we are called to serve to actually do something, we forget that that's when we're being invited to walk the walk of faith. And uh, don't get me wrong, I failed at this before and I know I will fail again. And I know that life is often so busy that we all have so many things that are already going on that taking just one more thing on might be too much. And maybe it is. Uh, maybe that is true for you right now or for this moment of time. But eventually, eventually if you keep saying no and it just adds up over time, we end up being just like the Christians that James is talking about. We end up being hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. And, and Jesus invites us to do both of those things, to act upon the word as he speaks it. And then I would say that it's important for us to remember what Jesus does for us. And it's important for us to consider that when we look in the mirror, we know who we are. So when we look in the mirror, Jesus invites us to see our lives transformed. Because that's what Jesus does for us. Right, as St. Paul writes, you are a new creation. As you have been baptized into Jesus' death and into his glorious resurrection, you are made new. And being made new means that we have a different perspective on our lives, a different way of thinking about doing things. The world doesn't corrupt us or change us, but rather Jesus is the one that changes us. And following Jesus means not only gathering together and listening to his word, but also then going out and doing the word, walking the walk. This transformed life that Jesus invites us to is one that we often do together. It's something that Jesus promises to us that he always walks with us, but then we encourage and invite one another to walk as well. Now, as James writes in his letter, there are plenty of different ways for us as Christians to walk the walk of faith. But he highlights two that I want to impress upon us this morning. He says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. All throughout his life, Jesus spent his time doing those things. Every time we hear another story out of one of the Gospels, it's about how Jesus was caring for those in greatest need. The people, perhaps, that the world just looked right past. The people that the world just walked by and often avoided on the side of the street. The people who not only to needed to hear about the love of God, but needed to see that love in action. These are the people that Jesus spent his time caring for. And so often, these are the people that not only our world, but Christians just like us look past. And I think sometimes we forget that we are those same people. We are the people that Jesus has stepped into our lives and transformed us and changed us forever. 
We are the people that have seen the love of Jesus on display, both in our hearts and minds and in one another, through the people that we walk through life together with who have also been changed by Christ. As I close this morning, uh, I want us to think about the invitation that Jesus has for us to, to step in to, to walk the life of faith, but I also want to reflect on a question, and I perhaps want you to ask yourself this question if you're not doing it already. It's a question that I try to ask myself quite often. How is Jesus inviting me to walk the walk of faith? Maybe, of course, it's at your church here at St. Andrew in some new capacity or something that you just haven't done in a while. Uh, maybe it's on a larger scale. And maybe it's connecting the Christian world and serving a cause that goes well beyond anything you may ever see, but we are connected then in the one body of Christ. Maybe it's just something simple. Something simple as saying a prayer for the person that you would normally just walk past the street or drive by on the road. And here's the thing, in those moments and at all times, what I want you to remember is this. Jesus loves you. That uh, Jesus goes with you in these moments. And it's because of that great love for us that he invites us to not only hear his word, but then to act upon it, knowing that we never walk alone. That one day at a time, one step at a time, together we walk the walk of faith with Jesus as our guide, one by one, side by side. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.